On this episode of Made For More, we are gonna discuss the culture of your team. How do you build a healthy culture? How do you evaluate the culture that you have right now? I think it'll be something that helps you. Let's check this out. Hey, this is Aaron Burke. I'm so glad you're joining us for this month's episode of Made For More. I have loved getting to see the responses from people who are sharing this content, who are subscribing, leaders all over America, and really some leaders all over the world. And I'm glad that you're with us today. Make sure, if you haven't subscribed already, subscribe right there on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you subscribe to the Radiant Church's YouTube page because I really hope that as this content comes out, you're using it, using it with your teams and helping you become the leader that God has called you to be. We're going to talk about a subject today that could be the most crucial that I'm learning over this last year, and it's the idea of developing the culture of the team that I am building. So if you're watching this today or you're listening to this today, there's probably a team that you are responsible. You run a department, you have direct reports, you uh, manage an area, you oversee volunteers, or even as parents, you oversee those children. We all have teams that we are in, and I would say that your most important job as a leader is to develop the culture of that team. As leaders, we don't succumb to culture, we create it. So we're not just okay with the culture that we're given or that we inherit, we create the culture. And you have to be very intentional about the culture that you are developing within your team. Culture has been defined as what you create, and what you allow. Culture is what you create and what you allow. Sam Chan says it this way, culture eats vision and strategy for lunch. And I think that's a great phrase right there because a lot of leaders focus on vision and strategy and they don't put their time towards culture. And I'm gonna help you in today's um, podcast to really focus and evaluate the culture of the team that you are building. I have heard it said that culture is the soil in which the seed grows, the seed being your organization. So if the soil is good, then the seeds will grow um, better. So the leaders will get better, they'll be happier. But the problem with it is a lot of times the soil or the culture is bad. So you can have a great leader in a bad culture and what is the outcome? It's a bad outcome. So I wanna help you with this. Here's a lot of the issues that we're dealing with is that either high-capacity leaders aren't attracted to your team because the culture's bad, or high-capacity leaders come, but they don't stay, and you have high turnover, or high-capacity leaders come, but they don't duplicate themselves. All of those issues can be resolved with us dealing with culture. So let us dive into it, because I believe the best team builder ever was Jesus. Now you say, Aaron, you have to say that because you're a pastor, of course, But I truly am, as a follower of Jesus, I'd love to evaluate the way he built a team of 12 guys who were ragtag group of people who were uneducated, unskilled, and yet he used these guys and he developed a culture that was so healthy that really they duplicated themselves and we're experiencing the results 2,000 years later called the Church of Jesus Christ. It's the fruit of the team that he built. And I would say... Other than dying on the cross for our sins, the most important thing Jesus did was not the miracles and was not even the teaching. It was the development of his team. So if you're going to be a great leader, focus on developing your team. Jesus gives us a parable and he describes four types of soil. 
I'm going to say that your team is one of these kind of four cultures right now. And you'll see it in there as I evaluate the, the scriptures where we're going to look at four different types of culture. Three of them are toxic. One of them is healthy. And I want to help you today develop a team that gets to the healthy culture. So let's evaluate it. It's in Matthew chapter 13. It says like this in verse 3. He told them many things in parables saying a farmer went out to sow his seed. Okay, so that's the potential. That's the the fruit of the organization or the potential of the person. And as he was scattering the seed, some fell on a path and the birds came and ate it up. So that's the first culture. Some others fell on rocky places where they did not have much soil. That's the next culture. It sprang up quickly, but the soil was shallow. Verse 6, it says, but when the sun came, the plants were scorched and they were withered because they had no root. Verse 7, the other seed, this is the third culture, fell on thorns, which grew up and choked out the plants. And then still another seed fell on good soil. It was a lot of potential and good culture. When it produced a crop, it was 160 or 30 times of what was sown. So Jesus says in verse 9, whoever has ears, leaders, right now that's you, let them hear. Okay, so four different scenarios, four different types of culture. Let's run through them because I think it'll help you. The first one was in verse four, as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. Here's the first toxic culture. It's a culture that lacks big vision. Your um, primary responsibility is that you are the chief vision caster. And here's what I have realized with my life is that I am really good at casting vision to the organization as a whole. I'm really bad with casting the vision to those on my immediate team. I always think that they just, they've got it. They're around me enough that they understand what the vision is. And that's not the case because in this scenario, the seed fell on the ground. And what happened? Birds came and picked it up. What is that an example of? The example is, is that the leader or the person was taken out of the soil. There is turnover that happens. What creates this turnover? What creates them getting poached from organizations? They don't know your vision. I've always heard it said that America runs on Duncan, but leaders run on vision. America runs on Duncan, but leaders run on vision. And when the vision runs out, the leader runs out. FedEx says it this way, if you don't take care of your customers, somebody else will. So our desire and our drive as a leader should be, I am going to make sure that those who are closest to me are hearing the vision. One of the greatest leaders in the Bible is a God by the name of Moses. Moses continually told the people, come on, there's a land filled with milk and honey, milk and honey. Why did he constantly repeat this phrase, by the way, 23 times throughout the scripture? Because people forget vision. They don't understand it. So what I have to do is I have to make it a point that I'm constantly sharing vision with my team. They say it takes seven times for somebody to hear something and 18 times for them to actually believe it. So until you've told your team the vision 18 times, they're not getting it. I realize this with my children. I'm constantly telling them vision and I'm doing it over and over and over again. Why? 
I am responsible for the culture of my team. And if I don't create vision for that team, a bird's going to come up and pluck it away. Maybe that looks like another organization's going to try to hire them. Maybe for your family, it looks like if you don't cast vision for them, that boyfriend or girlfriend will. So your primary responsibility is to cast vision. Here's the practical application. It's stop assuming that those that are most in touch with you are those most in touch with the vision. Let me say that again. Stop assuming that those who are most in touch with you are also those most in touch with the vision. That is not the case. So what I have to do is I spend the first part of all my meetings reiterating the vision. This is what we're all about. This is what we're going for. And it's crazy with my four top leaders that I work with that are on my team. When I start casting vision to them, they're they're like eyes light up. They all get excited. And I realize, man, they need this. Leaders run on vision. And I'm really believing that I'm going to take care of them by feeding them vision so that they don't have to go somewhere else to get that vision. All right, so that's the first culture. It's toxic because it lacked vision. Here's the second one. It says, some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and withered because they had no root. This is the second one, is create a culture of development. Create a culture of development. In other words, here was the issue with the seed. The seed went into the soil, but the soil didn't have enough um, space in it for it to grow down deep. And high-capacity leaders, what I have found, want to grow. And when they stop growing, they leave because they're no longer challenged anymore. So you've got to create a culture where you are developing them as a leader. Here's my question. Do you have a strategy for the development of your high-capacity leaders? Let's make it very practical. Do you have a strategy of how you're developing your children to be followers of Jesus or to be good citizens in in our nation? What's your strategy with it? Great leaders are never built accidentally. They're built intentionally. And so my job is is to create a culture where we are not shallow, but we have depth in our team to where they are growing. So how do we do this? Let me make it very practical for you. First of all, it starts with you. And if you didn't listen to my podcast last month where I talked about your maximizing your morning, you need to check it out because I discussed the idea that, man, you need to be developed the first thing in the morning. Uh, Paul, the apostle, said it this way, Whatever, and he's talking about to his disciples, he says, whatever you've learned or received or heard or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. So he said, I'm modeling the life that you need to live. So what do I show my team? I show my team the model of what it means to be developed. I'm talking about the books I'm reading. I'm talking about the podcast I'm listening to. I'm talking about how I'm being challenged. People do not need a motto to hear They need a model to follow. Let me say that again. They don't need a motto to hear. They need a model to follow. So how do we apply this? We stop telling our team what to do and we start telling them, this is what I do. So I have eliminated the, hey, you guys should be developed. I have now said, this is what I am doing to be developed. This is the book I am reading. This is the podcast I listen to. So it starts with me. Here's the second part, if you're going to create a culture of development, is you're not going to just start with you, but now you're going to intentionally grow together. 
We put time on the calendar where we're going through a book together, going through material. My team, we've gone through some freedom material. We've gone through emotional, healthy leadership, churches that heal, financial peace, university, good to great, secrets of the secret place, 21 irrefutable laws of leadership. Uh, We're going through an emotional intelligence book right now. Our team is constantly developing together because we need to grow together. We're not going to be shallow soil. Here's the third one if you want to have a culture of development is you've got to emphasize the importance of feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. A culture development has one central foundation. It's okay with feedback. We move aside our insecurities so that we can be people that receive and give proper feedback. How do we do that? Well, I set the tone for it with our team. I'm always asking them, how can I do this team better? How can I be a better leader? It opens us up to making sure that we are developing as a team. We have not arrived. As soon as you think you've arrived, you've missed it. So we're looking for feedback, which by the way, your team has feedback on how you're leading right now. Your kids have feedback on how you're parenting right now. Everybody knows something about your life. You just haven't asked for it. So you got to ask for it. We call it the booger in the nose example. So you've ever had the meeting where you're talking to someone and they... You've had an entire lunch with them and then you go get in your car afterwards and you look in the mirror and you had a booger in your nose. What do you do? You're immediately mad at that person. Why didn't they tell me about this booger in my nose? It's the same thing with your culture. People know stuff about your culture. They're just not telling you until you ask for it. So we give and we receive feedback. And here's the last one is that we keep the topic of development in front of us. If we're going to develop as a team, we keep it in front of us. So how do we do that? We just are always asking each other, hey, what are you learning right now? What are you reading right now? What podcast did you listen to recently? And what does it do? It creates accountability. Okay, so if you don't want to have shallow soil, that's a toxic culture, you got to create depth of development. How do you create depth? It starts with you, intentionally grow together, feedback, and then keep the topic relevant. Now here's the third culture. It says other seed fell on thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Here's the third one, is that it's a toxic culture where it lacks relational health. A toxic culture that lacks relational health. You will have turnover, you will have a lot of unhappy leaders if they don't get along. If they're gossiping about each other, if they don't deal with issues um, appropriately, if they're talking about each other instead of to each other. So it is important that we use our leadership to make sure we're creating a culture that is healthy relationally. And I know that there's a certain personality type that just can't stand this. You're on the team to get the job done. No, you're on the team to collaborate with other people to get the job done. And you are only as effective as you are at getting along with the rest of the team. So you have to be intentional about this. With my family, we are very intentional about creating a culture that is relationally healthy, where the kids all get along, we do life together, and I have to do the same with my team. I told you I have four people on my team. So we'll do different times where we'll go away with our spouses and and we'll hang out and go to a hotel and you know, chill out in Orlando and do different events. We've, we've gone on vacation together. We've learned to de- be very intentional about creating a culture where we're relationally involved in each other's life. 
This is so crucial to the development of your team. A healthy culture is one that gets along, that enjoys being around each other. Honestly, I don't think I would bring someone on my inner circle of my team, like the closest people to me, if I won't go on vacation with them. Now, it doesn't mean I have to go on vacation with them, but it means I would enjoy going on vacation with them. I want that kind of culture on my team. Paul says it this way in 1 Corinthians um, 1.10, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ to live in harmony with each other. Let there be no divisions in the church. So no divisions on your team, which by the way, it's your responsibility. It's not the team member's responsibility. It's the leader's responsibility to create unity. He says, rather be of one mind, united in thought and purpose. Thought is how we think. Purpose is what we're doing. Your job as a leader, unite your team constantly. We're in the same thought and we have the same purpose. I really believe the unity of your team will determine the effectiveness of your team. The unity of your team will determine the effectiveness on of your team. We had a six-hour meeting at the beginning of the last semester we had here at the church where we did a planning day with my executive team that I work with. We spent the first two hours of the six-hour meeting discussing relational health, how we're getting along with each other, what are the rules of our team, how can we better be involved in each other's lives, how can we respect boundaries. We discussed, we put everything on the table. And the reason I spent a third of our time as a day away together discussing this is because I realized the unity of our team determines the effectiveness of our team. I would actually rather united novices than divided experts. I would rather have united novices than divided experts. When we learn to get along, to do life together, to be united, we will change the world. How do we practically apply this? Have some fun with your team. Go out to dinner together. Go bowling together. Do a day away together. Enjoy life together because when you're relationally healthy, it creates a culture where people will thrive. All right, and here's the final one. It's that he just discussed three different kind of toxic cultures. One lacked vision, one lacked depth, and one lacked relational health. But then he says there is a fourth culture. He says the other seed fell on good soil when it produced a crop 160 or 30 times. Here's the, the fourth culture. This is what you're going for. A healthy culture is one of multiplication. It's you've created an environment where people can multiply. They can grow. What makes you win at our, your organization needs to be this phrase, that you have worked yourself out of the job. And this has been foundational to us as an organization, that you win here when you work yourself out of a job. You have developed leaders. You've multiplied themselves yourself. And when you multiply yourself as a leader, you get celebrated at our, at our um, organization. We say it this way, we celebrate hard work, but we elevate multipliers. We celebrate hard work, but we elevate multipliers. So if you want to be elevated in our organization, it's not that you just work the hardest. It's that we have a culture of multiplication. You've been able to multiply yourself. So success is not really what you do. It's who you raise up. That is real success. So how are some keys that we have in our multiplication culture on our team is that we don't dump on people. We delegate to them. We delegate appropriately. How do we delegate? We do the I do, you we do, you do principle. What is the I do? We do, you do. It's I do it. 
and you're watching me, we do it together and we're giving each other good feedback and then you do it and I give you feedback. This is great delegation. And then we always speak life over people. How do we do this? We create a culture where we're speaking potential instead of always problems. This creates a multiplication culture. Everybody thinks that if I just call out all the dirt in them, they will get better. No, 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 no. No, multiplication happens when you speak life into people and it's it unlocks potential in their life. Affirmation unlocks the abilities in others. So as a team, we're constantly gonna be affirming the good. We're gonna constantly be looking for the gold. And when we do this, what happens? We multiply the potential in people. I've heard it said this way, and I'll close with this. People tend to become what the most important people in their lives believe they can become. Say it one more time. People tend to become what the most important people in their lives believe they can become. So what do we want? We want multipliers. So I'm telling my team, I see greatness in you. You're just scratching the surface on your potential. You have every gift inside of you to do what God's called you to do. I am creating a culture of multiplication because I'm affirming the gifts and the abilities in each of them. You have a decision to make to evaluate your culture, your soil, and to figure out, hey, is it is there a lot of vision to it? If not, I need to add more vision. Is there depth to it? Or do I need to add some development? Is there relational health? Do I need to work on the unity? And is there a place where people are multiplying, reaching their potential? If not, I probably need to work on the delegation side and I need to work on the speaking life side. I hope this helped you. I really believe you are made for more as a leader. And I appreciate you liking this, subscribing it, giving me a bunch of feedback on it. Share it with your friends, do it with your team. And I really look forward to the results of how God uses this to make you a better leader. I'll see you on the next episode.